0: Welcome to episode four of the Heal Your Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle, and I'm really excited for today's podcast. We are going to be discussing PCOS, kind of just an introduction for those of you who either maybe you've heard of PCOS, but you have no idea what it is. Maybe you've read a little bit about it online and think it sounds like you, but you're not sure what to do next to figure out if you have it. Or maybe you have PCOS, but just aren't feeling like you're being supported by your doctor and aren't sure either how to advocate for yourself or where else to look for support. PCOS is something I see a lot of in my private practice. I'd say about 85% of my practice is PCOS, both when I'm working one-on-one with patients and through my 12-week PCOS program. And PCOS is so common. It's something that I didn't even realize was so common until after medical school. It's something that we definitely learned about in school, but I don't think that we spent enough time or there was enough attention given to PCOS given how common it is. When I first started my private practice, I knew I wanted to focus in women's health and hormones because I loved talking to my friends and family about their bodies and just educating them and kind of explaining how our hormones work and why our period is the way it is. But then as my practice started to grow, it just kind of naturally became filled with women with PCOS, many of which either had symptoms of PCOS their whole life, but were never told it was PCOS until they struggled to get pregnant, or it was women who were told they had PCOS, but weren't really told what to do about it, or were just told, oh, well, worry about it when you want to get pregnant which really is not a proactive or preventative approach. So what exactly is PCOS? PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. So because it is a syndrome, that means it's a collection of symptoms. And we're going to be talking more about what those symptoms include, but essentially they involve hormonal imbalances, inflammation, sometimes poor digestion, and even blood sugar imbalance. PCOS is so common, it affects one out of 10 women who are of reproductive age. So by reproductive age, I mean anyone who has started their period through menopause. So if you think about 10 women in your life, one of those 10 is likely to have PCOS. And it's estimated that about 50%, 5-0, 50% of women with PCOS don't know they have it. And that's why it's so important that we're talking about this because the more women that can identify that they have PCOS earlier on, the better, the The sooner you can get ahead of it, the better, especially when it comes to fertility. We'll talk a little bit about PCOS and, for, and fertility. Sometimes I'll talk to women who don't want to have who don't want to get pregnant which is of course totally fine and they say well PCOS doesn't really matter to me even though I have it because it's a fertility issue and I don't want to ever get pregnant but PCOS is so much more than just a fertility issue it can increase your risk for high cholesterol for diabetes high blood pressure and even certain hormone sensitive cancers so things like ovarian cancer or endometrial cancer And I don't say this to scare you by any means, but more so to make you realize the importance of managing your PCOS early on and that managing your PCOS is not just a a short-term thing. It's not just, okay, let me get my PCOS under control so that I can get pregnant and after that I can kind of forget about it. It's really about learning to live in a way that's going to allow you to heal your PCOS long-term so that you're not at risk for these really pretty serious conditions. So I often get asked, you know, "I, I think I might have PCOS but I have no idea where to start to get diagnosed. So typically your primary care or your gynecologist, sometimes they'll work together, can help determine if you have PCOS. Now if you have a doctor and you ask them to test you for PCOS and they do not, or they refuse for whatever reason, and I know it happens, I've been told by patients many times that they had to ask a few doctors to test them before they finally found one that would, um, I would say find, a, find another doctor. Find a doctor who's willing to do the tests to give you answers. If they are very convinced that your symptoms are not PCOS related, then they should be willing to do other tests to find out why you are having the symptoms that you are. So you need two of the following three things to be diagnosed with PCOS. So the first is going to be irregular periods. So this is when your periods occur more than 35 days apart. Now, some women might have one period every three months. Some women may go six months, 12 months. I've worked with patients who have only had a few periods in their entire lifetime, and they're in their late 20s, early 30s. And oftentimes these irregular periods start as a teenager. And that's common for many of the PCS symptoms, which is also why it's so important that teenage girls are having this conversation with their aunts or their moms or their grandmothers or whoever it is that can provide them this education. Um, Because oftentimes teenagers will go to the doctor for their irregular periods or their acne that may be PCOS related, And instead of addressing the PCOS early on and getting ahead of it, they're put on the birth control pill and it may not be until 10, 15, 20 years later when they're ready to get off the pill to get pregnant that they're realizing that PCOS is really something that they need to address naturally through diet and lifestyle and supplements. So again, the first criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS are those irregular periods. So you can pretty much do that on your own by cycle tracking. You know how often you get a period. Now the second criteria is going to be high androgen hormones so androgen hormones are a family of hormones that we typically think of as male hormones so they include a hormone called testosterone now androgen hormones are important for female health as well so they help with our bone density they help keep our bones strong they help us build muscle mass they help with our libido so it's not that we don't want these hormones at all But with PCOS, these hormones are often high. So our body is overproducing them. And usually this overproduction of androgen hormones is happening in our ovaries, and it's happening in our adrenal glands, which are our stress glands. So to test for these hormones, your primary care or your gynecologist should be able to help you. And you can test through a blood test, a saliva test, so a spit test, or a urine test. Typically, you want to test not only testosterone, but there's also a hormone called DHEAS, which is an androgen hormone that's primarily made in the adrenal glands. So you want to make sure that you're looking at both of these hormones, because sometimes with PCOS, you may have testosterone be high and DHEAS be normal or even low. But you can also have the inverse, so you could have testosterone be normal but D-H-E-A-S be high. So it's important that you're not just testing one or the other and you're looking at both. Some common physical signs that these hormones could be high include things like acne, especially along the jawline. And this acne will typically be really deep, cystic, and painful. So if you're having that really painful acne, especially around your cycle, then that could be hormone-related. These high androgen hormones also can cause hair loss. And we typically see this similar to male pattern baldness. So you may see a receding hairline or a larger bald patch or just general hair loss. And the third symptom that's often seen is abnormal hair growth elsewhere on the body. So while you're losing hair on the head, you're growing hair in places that you may not want it. So things like your face, your chest, or your back. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms, it may be an indicator that you want to go talk to your doctor about testing your hormones. Now, the third criteria is going to be polycystic ovaries. So this is typically seen on an ultrasound by your gynecologist. And polycystic ovaries are essentially when the follicle, so there's essentially tissue called the follicle that surrounds an egg that starts to develop. And when that follicle fully develops and the egg is fully mature, the egg is released and we ovulate. Now with PCOS, ovulation does not take place oftentimes. And that's because these follicles that are developing and the egg that's developing are not able to fully mature. And this is often due to those high androgen hormones that are being produced in the ovaries. So as a result, you end up getting all these premature follicles that start to build up on the ovaries and that's what is seen on the ultrasound. So we call it polycystic ovaries, but really a better name for it would be polyfollicular ovaries because it's those follicles that are building up. There's a common misconception that an ovarian cyst is the same thing as polycystic ovaries. The names are very similar, but they're different things. So an ovarian cyst is typically just one one um, collection of tissue that's growing on the ovary whereas polycystic ovaries are those follicles that have failed to fully develop so again you only need two of those three things so the irregular periods the high androgen hormones and the polycystic ovaries you don't need all three to be diagnosed although you may have all three so you may be listening to this saying well, I was diagnosed with PCOS. I have irregular periods and my doctor did the ultrasound, but nobody ever checked my hormones. Now, that's okay if you're just trying to get diagnosed with PCOS, but I still think it is important to test your hormones so that you know your levels um, because it's going to partially change how you address your PCOS and how you treat it depending on which of those androgen hormones are high, You know, whether it's one or both. So say you have been diagnosed PCOS and you're thinking of next steps. Now, many women that I've worked with and spoken with um, often feel dismissed, or they feel like they're not provided the support they really need from their primary care doctor or their gynecologist when it comes to PCOS. So I think it's helpful to have some questions on hand to ask your doctor to really decide for yourself if you are in the right place for your PCOS care, or if maybe you should consider working with a specialist, either a naturopathic doctor like myself, a functional medicine doctor, maybe a dietitian. But not every primary care gynecologist is going to be the right person for you when it comes to PCOS. PCOS is a really complicated condition that involves many systems in the body and can look differently from um, patient to patient. And primary care doctors, especially, you know, they are seeing a little bit of everything in their practice, right? They're seeing the ear aches, they're seeing the food poisoning, they're seeing the poison ivy. They're seeing, you know, they're seeing everything. And so for them, they just don't have the time that is needed to really provide the education support that women with PCOS need. So it's not anything that they're doing wrong. It's just how the system is in primary care. So one question I would start with, I would ask, how much experience do you have working with PCOS? If they say, you know, I see it here and there or, you know maybe they work a ton with it and you can kind of decide, okay, maybe they have enough experience with it. And then you want to say, what are your outcomes? You know, what improvements are you seeing with your patients? Another question I would ask is what can you tell me about the different types of PCOS? Now I'm going to be going into the different types of PCOS on another podcast on a different episode, because that really just needs, a whole episode on its own, there's going to be a lot of information provided with that one. But just in general, there are four different types of PCOS. So there's insulin resistant, which is the most common type. There's post-pill PCOS, inflammatory PCOS, and then adrenal PCOS. And depending on what type you have is going to determine really how you treat and heal your PCOS. So if you ask your doctor about the different types and they're not able to really provide much information or even know what tests they should be looking at to help you determine what type of PCOS you have, then that would be a good indicator that maybe you should look elsewhere for a specialist who can help guide you in that area. Another question I would ask is what other therapies do you use to treat PCOS besides pharmaceuticals? So, if your doctor is only able to recommend something like the birth control pill, which is often overprescribed for PCOS and for hormone symptoms in general, oftentimes to teenagers, they also will prescribe a drug called metformin, which is a drug that is usually prescribed for type two diabetes, but can be prescribed when with PCOS for um, those who with insulin resistance. Um, another drug that might be prescribed something like spironolactone, which will help to reduce testosterone levels temporarily, which can help with the acne piece. If they're only able to offer you pharmaceuticals and they are not willing or able or have the time to counsel you on how nutrition plays a role in your PCOS or what type of exercise is right for your PCOS or how stress management is a huge part of PCOS management, then I think that's a good indicator that you're probably not in the right place for your PCOS management long term. And the last question I would ask is, how can I be proactive about my fertility now? So often I hear women who have been told, worry about it when you want to get pregnant. Take the birth control pill and worry about your PCOS when you get off of it. But what happens is they might do that. They might take the pill for 5, 10, 15 years. And then when they do get off the pill, their PCOS is still there. Their irregular periods are still there. Their lack of ovulation is still there. And they are not able to get pregnant. And, you know, now they're at a place in their life where they're ready to grow their family. And they're having to do all this work to get their health in a place where they can get pregnant when they could have done that, you know, years prior if their doctor had just given them that guidance and support and education, the tools to do so. So if your doctor tells you to worry about when you want to get pregnant, again, another sign that you should probably look elsewhere for your PCOS care. So let's go over just some signs and symptoms of PCOS. And I'm sure if you have PCOS, you probably are thinking, oh, I, I know my signs, you know, I, I know what. What's related to PCOS, but you might be surprised. Some things you might not realize that you struggle with that are related to your PCOS. And then if you're new to PCOS, you know, some of these might send some signals to you of thinking, oh, maybe I should look into talking to my doctor about whether or not I have PCOS. So some physical symptoms, of course, are going to be irregular periods, and with irregular periods, it's going to come infertility. If you're not ovulating and you're not having a regular cycle, it's going to be harder to get pregnant. And then again, those symptoms that are related to those high androgen hormones, so things like acne, hair loss, and facial hair growth. We can also see weight gain with PCOS. Now, even about five, five, ten years ago, you know, we used to think that weight gain was almost like a prerequisite to have PCOS, that all women with PCOS were overweight. But we just know that's not true now. I work with many women in my practice who are, you know, of quote unquote normal BMI. Um, Who do have PCOS. So, while weight gain is common with PCOS, especially for those who have insulin resistant PCOS, it's not always a given. Also, an imbalance with energy levels. So, maybe you have daytime fatigue where your energy is crashing in the afternoon or you're slow to get started in the morning, but then when it's time to go to bed, you can't fall asleep. Um, That can be related to your PCOS because of the hormone balances that take place. And then some mental emotional symptoms so women with pcos are at increased risk of having anxiety depression and disordered eating and i think the disordered eating is especially important to mention because with the weight gain many women with pcos are often told by their doctor well just lose weight and your symptoms will get better and you'll feel fine which is really damaging because weight loss with PCOS is not as simple as eat less, exercise more. Oftentimes that can actually worsen the hormone imbalances that are seen with PCOS and it's those same hormone imbalances that are causing the weight gain to begin with. So with, when I work with my PCOS patients, I do not encourage calorie counting or macro counting or you know, avoiding entire food groups. We really focus on how to build your plate so that it can support your energy levels and support your hormones. Um, And one one thing I'll say about that is, you know, making sure you're having a protein, healthy fat, and fiber with every meal. Really important. Another common symptom of PCS is brain fog. This is often seen, especially with those who have insulin resistance. So maybe you have brain fog more towards the afternoon. You might also notice sugar cravings during this time. Um, and even something as simple as eating a really nutrient-dense breakfast in the morning. I hear it from my patients all the time that they see improvement in their brain fog and their energy within just a few days of eating breakfast. So if you're one of those people who either is running out the door and just living off coffee for breakfast or maybe you're having something like a simple, um, you know, bowl of cereal or a piece of fruit, and you're not really getting that protein and fat in the morning, consider adding something in that will help sustain you throughout the rest of the day. All right. And then I just want to finish up this episode going over some helpful lab tests that I think that everyone with PCOS needs to be checking every year. And it's, really wild to me i'll work with new patients who have had pcos for years who have never had their hormones checked have never had their blood sugar checked Um, so you know i think it's really important to not just assume that your doctor is checking these things but to write down this list and advocate for yourself and make sure that these things are being looked at so the first two on the list are going to be those androgen hormones so testosterone and dheas So remember, one could be high and the other could be normal. So it's important that you're not just checking one or the other. In particular, with adrenal PCOS, and again, I'm going to be going over the different types of PCOS in another episode, but with adrenal PCOS, testosterone is normal but DHEAS is high and that is kind of unique because typically with the other types of PCOS, we will see high testosterone as well. So by testing these hormones, not only can you see if they're high or not, but you can also get a better idea of what type of PCOS you have. The next group of labs are going to be looking at your blood sugar. So again, insulin resistant PCOS is the most common type. And insulin is a hormone that our body makes to help bring glucose, which is sugar, from our blood into our cells to be used for energy. So when we are insulin resistant, basically our cells can't respond to insulin and blood sugar will stay high. So it's important to look at fasting insulin levels and fasting glucose. So when I say fasting, I mean you collect this test after 8 to 12 hours of not eating. And then also looking at a level called hemoglobin A1c. Now this is something that's often part of your annual checkup with your doctor. So this is one that should have been looked at. This is a marker that's used to diagnose pre-diabetes and diabetes. So this is looking at your blood sugar over the past three months. So really important, especially if you have any sort of insulin resistance to be monitoring this. So that way you know if you start to get into that pre-diabetic range. Also looking at a lipid panel. So a lipid panel is going to be looking at different types of cholesterol, good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. And if you remember I mentioned PCOS increases your risk of high cholesterol. So it's important that you're keeping an eye on your cholesterol so that you know as soon as it starts to increase, you want to get ahead of it with diet and supplements oftentimes with conventional medicine they may see your cholesterol start to increase and will say it's fine we'll check it again in a year but that's really because your level isn't high enough to need medication to bring it down but they're really only going to to intervene with your cholesterol at that point so it's important that you keep that in mind and once your cholesterol starts to get high work with somebody who can give you some dietary supplement Um, recommendations to really keep your cholesterol in check so that it doesn't get to that point where your primary care is then saying, okay, your cholesterol is high enough where you're going to need to take a medication. Also looking at a full thyroid panel. So oftentimes at your annual, especially for women's annual, they'll look at something called a TSH And this is just one hormone that is an indicator of thyroid health, but there are many other hormones at play. So a thyroid panel will look at all those hormones. Now, one thing worth noting is that low thyroid function looks very similar to PCOS. So when our thyroid doesn't function well, it is called hypothyroidism, so essentially low-functioning thyroid. And symptoms can be weight gain, irregular periods, hair loss, fatigue, all very similar to PCOS. So it's important that if you are experiencing these symptoms, you don't just assume they are only from your PCOS, but you're also considering your thyroid health as well. Women with PCOS are actually at an increased risk of having low thyroid function. So it's really important you're monitoring your thyroid health. Also really important for fertility. So when you are looking at TSH, which is the primary hormone that doctors will use to assess your thyroid function, the range for your TSH results is going to be pretty broad. So I think usually it's about like 0.5 to 4.5. It can vary a little bit depending on the lab, but you could be in that range in that quote unquote normal range, but not feel your best. So when it comes to fertility and just PCOS in general, I really like to see a TSH between 1 and 2. So if your TSH is 3 or 3.5 and you're not feeling great or you're having irregular periods or having trouble getting pregnant, then it would be worth working with somebody who can help get your TSH in that 1 to 2 range. And we'll be doing an episode on thyroid health, just thyroid alone. Um, so this will make a lot more sense then, but I just wanted to mention it now, just because we are talking about labs. And I think it's important. I see so many women who get their TSH back and are told it's normal, but it's really not in an optimal range. Now, the next group of labs is going to be looking at nutrient levels. So I often see these nutrients low with PCOS, but they're going to include things like vitamin B12, vitamin D, iron. And then ferritin. So ferritin is your body's storage form of iron. So really important you're getting these looked at. Even if, say, you're supplementing with vitamin D, oftentimes with PCOS, I'll see vitamin D levels so low that you really need a much higher dose of vitamin D to get your levels up. Another lab to look at is something called CRP, which is C-reactive protein. And this is a general marker for inflammation. So this can help guide you to know maybe if you have inflammatory PCOS. And some general signs of inflammation are things like joint pain, brain fog, headaches, fatigue. So this lab can be helpful to kind of get an idea of how inflamed your body is. So those are kind of my core lab tests. And I often get asked, well, what about other hormones like estrogen or progesterone? or even cortisol, which is our stress hormone. I don't love testing those in a blood test because they don't give us a very accurate result. So usually I'll use a test called the DUTCH PANEL, which stands for Dry Urine Test of Comprehensive Hormones. And this is just really giving us a better picture into estrogen, progesterone, and cortisol levels. So this typically isn't something you're going to be able to have done with your primary care doctor or your gynecologist. It's usually something you'll have to go to a naturopathic or a functional medicine doctor for. Um, It is a urine test that you collect at home, so it's super simple. You can just have it shipped to your house. Um, but that's kind of my explanation why those hormones are not on this, um, list here. Now, if the Dutch test is something that you are interested in, it is something that I run with my patients. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes and you can contact me and we can get that test kit over to you. You collect your tests and then we meet virtually to go over your results and discuss next steps. So, that is all I have for you today. I hope that was helpful for any of you who are maybe at the beginning of your PCOS journey or maybe are suspecting you might have PCOS. I hope that this gives you some good tools to take with you to your doctor to just have a conversation. Um, You know, I think that they also will appreciate that you are, um, you know, being proactive and advocating for your health. And I think that. You know, I think that they too they they know that PCOS is really complicated, and I think that um I think that it's okay to say you know I'm gonna I'm gonna look elsewhere and try and find a specialist for for this. Um, I think that they'll be able to appreciate that just knowing that um you know there's so much more out there beyond medications that can really support women with PCOS, and sometimes you need to find that outside of your primary care doctor. So. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions on anything I spoke about today, or if you have any topic requests, you can DM me. And if you'd like to learn more about PCOS or hormones in general, you can follow me at Dr. Danielle Period ND um, on Instagram or TikTok. All right, have a great day.